What if I told you over 55% of Canadian and American adults don't have an estate plan which includes a will? Why is this number so high? Some people believe, well, they're too young, while others believe they don't have enough stuff. On this episode of the Executor Help Podcast, an easy-to-use online solution that takes away any excuse of why anyone should not be able to have a will and not leave their family disorganized and in chaos. This is the Executor Help Podcast. Learn how to settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, go to davidedy.com. Now here's your host, David Edy. So with me today on the Executor Help Podcast is Tim Hewson. He is the CEO of Legal Wills. Uh, Tim, I want to take, thank you for taking the time to be here today, but I think it's important to talk about what your company is all about. But before we delve into exactly what Legal Wills is all about, um, the, the whole concept of a will, you know, if people seem to be reluctant to talk about it and think about it. Why do you think people are so afraid of it? Well, thank you, David, for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. I always uh, enjoy having the opportunity to talk about wills and uh, why people have them, why people need them, and why people don't have them. Why do people, why are they reluctant to talk about it? And I think there's three key elements here. One is obviously, traditionally, it has an association with death. So people think, I don't, I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. I don't need to write my will yet they have a connotation with writing it on your deathbed uh you know as this person wrote their will they must have known something was going to happen to them and we're trying to change that mindset a little bit we're trying to make wills a part of just intelligent financial planning rather than something that's done in contemplation of death i i have a will i have no intention of going anywhere but but i, th- I think there's another element there and and that's it usually involves a lot of money and it's a transfer of money and a transfer of wealth. So I think that when people, for example, approach their parents and have said to them, hey, have you written my will? What is often the parents' reaction, right? The parents' reaction is, I know why you want me to write my will. You want to get your money on my on my wealth uh, or you want to get your hands on my, right. my money. Uh, and you know you you want you know you know what I have you want the house or you want this and and so it's this transfer of wealth that I think can uh, can sometimes come up as well so there's some family dynamics at play there so that's what I think it's the death aspect it's the money aspect and it's the family dynamics aspect of it so it's people not being comfortable to because I always say, but you, it's important to have the conversations. It's fine to have the will, but you need to have those conversations because you really don't know about somebody until you have to share an inheritance with them. So it's the the money aspect. And, you know, that's part of how, how my book ended up being writing is that you wouldn't expect people, you, you know, family members to behave this way because of the, the money. And I think money changes everybody. Would you Would you agree with that? I think there's something special about an inheritance and and wills. It's it's such a sudden, not always, often it's a sudden windfall. And I think that uh, you know it, it can be close to like a lottery win. You know, it, it's it can be that kind of you know, there's a house involved. And I think rarely when particularly when you have children and siblings involved, rarely do they have a similar financial position themselves. 
so there's an inequity or an imbalance there and there's money at stake and it's just all of the ingredients for family acrimony i think do you, so do you think i always believe that people see the inheritance now whatever whatever their financial situation could be is that this inheritance is sort of like you said a lottery that this is the this is going to be a windfall this is a, a windfall that they they've always been banking on or it's unexpected and wherever they are in their financial lives this is going to wipe clean because this this lump of money is going to be coming to them and it's going to change their lives it's going to solve their problems exactly right? whatever whatever problems that they feel they might have right now this money could solve the, those problems and i think that i wish i i had the stat for you but it's there it's out there the number of people who are relying on an inheritance as part of their financial plan yes uh, and and so you know people say i'm i'm living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck but once i get that inheritance i'm going to be in a much better position so so then so then if with that family dynamic having that conversation about the will particularly with one's parents and say have you written the will you know what's going to happen to that house or the cottage and and what's going to and and that's that's a very very uh it's a touchy it's, subject and Absolutely, it, yeah. it can trigger, you know, again, it comes back to, well, why are you looking at, you know, what I have or why why are you counting on that? Whereas rightfully or wrongly, some people or, uh, you know, children might be coming in from the angle of of love and they're thinking about, hey, it's going to be a bit, be a mess of what's going to happen if there is none. And then there is the element of there are those children who are, and I'm when you were saying about, you know, um, they're looking at the inheritance as part of uh, financial planning. I had a client, same thing. She always would bring that up. I felt uncomfortable. She was always bring up. She goes, well, you know, my mom's, when she's gone, I'm going to have, you know, close to a million dollars. But, and that was always her, part of her plan. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a strange, people don't really talk a lot about this, but it, it's, it's, it's more prevalent, you know, among families than most people will talk about, but it's there. There's no question. And and this is, you know, you know, we're discussing why people don't even talk about it. Uh, and, and I think that when people do end up writing their will, the number of people who come to us because they never, they write, come to us to write their will because they've just dealt with a, an estate that didn't have a will. And they realized that it, actually there was a lot more to this than just a distribution of wealth than a transfer of wealth. Not having a will left everybody in a complete mess, as you well know. Right. Um, um, and so, you know, people are, are, are then, um, you know, they have the trigger to write one themselves because it is an act of love to write the will, not just a financial transaction. So having said that, who who should have a will? Everybody, everybody. There's there's never a situation where dying without a will is a better plan. Um, never. And and the reason why people don't have them is, you know, people saying it's obvious what's going to happen anyway, or I don't really have anything that that, that I need to distribute, or um, I don't care. I'll be gone you know all of those kind of cliched reasons for not having one none of them are good reasons 
Um, and, and we can pick them apart as to why they're, they're bad misconceptions, but there's never, ever a situation where, and, and I always, I try and reframe it and I say, you know, not having a will is a decision that you're making. You're deciding to die without a will. And that decision is a really poor decision. <laughs> it's not something that, you know, you didn't get around to or you forgot to do. Most people knew that they probably should have one and they decided not to do one. And as a result, they've left a real mess. Well, what if people say, well, you know what? I'm dead. What, what does it matter? I'm not going to be yeah. here anymore. Why, why, why do I need to do this? Because I know they're going to be fighting. So why should I do this? I'm dead. I'm gone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so if you care about anybody in your lifetime... So let's assume that you do care about somebody, um, and if you so, care so, about so somebody, that's that's the bottom line. We're gonna we're gonna pretend or we're gonna assume that at least you care. If you have because even though you know the kids or your family members are greedy, and they're just waiting yeah. for you to die. So we're gonna we're gonna set the foundation as that at least you care. You care about somebody or some organization, right? You care. There is something that you care about. In your life um so if if absolutely if you're somebody who doesn't care about anybody or anything or any organization then you know maybe this isn't the right topic for you <laughs> but but assuming that there's something that you care about because and i say organization because it doesn't necessarily all have to go to your family right you can make charitable bequests and you can make a real difference to somebody's life um but so even, but even then i know of situations where people have in their will or didn't or yeah in their will they've left to a charitable organization or you know they want to do the philanthropic um thing and the family is not happy with that and they'll go after the charity saying you know what maybe there might have been some undue pressure you know why are they you know there's you know there's uh we're only getting 60 40 percent of the pie and you're getting 60 percent of the pie what did you say to mom or dad that they're leaving you so much or something like that it's... yeah they're, they're usually unsuccessful challenges to be honest i mean it's, it's unusual for charity to assert undue influence on on a testator to be honest um and and oftentimes you know everybody has a right to do whatever they want with actually that's that so you have to typically leave something for spouse, something for dependents. But beyond that, there's pretty good freedom for what you can do in your will. And just because I decide to leave half of my estate to charity, that's not really grounds for a challenge to a will. And challenging a will can be expensive. So you're, you know, I don't think but you're going to be very successful. It's not stopping anyway, but I think the key to what you just said there is you could do anything you want. And yeah. a lot of people who are beneficiaries don't understand that they, they, they there's that sense of entitlement you've got to get in your head if you are writing the will you can do whatever you want you can you can do yeah i i think you i mean you can be really quite creative with what you do in your will um and you know charities i say to people you know you could leave one percent of your estate to a charity and the benefit your family is not even going to notice the difference but it could make a, a significant difference to a charity doing like you know, in a city social good, and you leave them ten thousand dollars, that can be that can be a big deal for them, right? You can be more charitable 
after you've gone than you were ever able to be in your lifetime. So it, it's a really good way to appreciate some of the work that uh, some charities are doing by just leaving them one or two percent in your will. So it doesn't have to be at the expense necessarily of your family. It can be. But I always think of when I think about um, you know what you can do in a will, I think of Aretha Franklin, who who died with, with a really poor will. I mean, she hand wrote a bunch of them and stuffed them around the house and effectively died without a will. And, and it was an $80 million estate. And, and you think it could have been a foundation for young aspiring musicians. There could have been scholarships there. There could have been endowments. There could have been the, you know, the Aretha Franklin wing of this music studio so much he could have done and as a result of not having a will it just got all eaten up in legal fees and then the family's fighting and and it's like what a missed opportunity that was to do something really fantastic and you don't have to have an 80 million dollar estate to do that you can have a regular estate and still make a difference to people's lives yeah it's you bring up that point that's you know um you know, when you die intestate with basically no will. Yes, she might have had a will, but she did have six handwritten wills, you know, and again, what could possibly go wrong? You know, if if number, I, you know, she's got a, a, a couple of sons and will number four, you know, favors one person and then we find will number five or handwritten will number five, because I don't even really count, you know, what she did as she basically died intestate with no will and yep. she just left, the family disorganized and in chaos. Yeah, absolutely. And and as I say, such a missed opportunity. She could have done, really left a legacy and a financial legacy, and she didn't. I mean, she left a musical legacy, but she really messed up with her estate. But even that, you figure the the musical royalties that are still coming in, that's yep. the, the problem that the uh, state's going to have. Who's getting that money when, you know, when the royalties come in? You, um, you know, dying in test state, dying without a will what are some of the other mistakes that people make that you've seen when they decided that they're they're not going to make a will yeah so the key element is yes we've talked about the distribution of the estate and the fact that you can't there's no charitable bequest if you die intestate and actually that distribution of your estate there's there's a provincial formula it's not the same in any two provinces each province has its own provincial formula for how things are going to be distributed uh, there's a misconception that it will all just automatically go to the spouse. That's that's not the case. In I don't think any province has everything just going to the spouse. Is that the same um, thing for the for the U.S.? Everybody, every state has their own uh, rules. If you die intestate, yeah, it, absolutely, yeah, and it's all a kind of like the spouse gets the first X amount, and then the children get something else. And I think it's the important thing to keep in mind across Canada is that some provinces recognize common law some provinces do not recognize common law so for example in ontario if you've been living with someone for 20 years in a common law relationship and you die without a will that common law partner does not have any automatic inheritance rights whatsoever so there's there's a massive misconception there with the uh, the, the status of uh, common law yeah. but i also think that the the other element is and this is, in some respect is is more important or at least as important is the naming of an executor and uh you're you're naming somebody who's going to take charge and take responsibility for gathering and securing your assets and distributing them according to your wishes and if there's no will 
There's no executor. There's nobody being put in charge. Everyone's looking at each other thinking, what, what's going on? Who's doing this? And then you may have two siblings who say, I both, we both want to do this. And then there's immediately, they're, they're clashing with each other. And before you know it, somebody starts walking out of the house with some paintings or some jewelry. And it's like, hang on, who, who said you can take that? So there's nobody securing it and taking charge of the estate at that point. So that's probably one of the key element, elements of a will is the naming of an executor as well as the distribution of your assets. But, and I think that that naming of the executor is like, this person has to secure my assets, make an inventory and start to take charge of what's going on. And I think that's a really important part of the will. It, it use, you know, at legal wills, you see people naming people as executors, but the person who's taken on the job, do they usually know that they've been named executor or does it become a surprise or have people given thought to who they're naming an executor? Because statistically, a lot of times people get the job or they've been named, but they have absolutely no idea what's involved to do it. Yeah, that's a it's a critical part of the um, the process. And we, uh, at the moment, at, at Legal Wills, we, I would say most people who use our service name a friend or family member as their executor. We encourage them. We say, because that person can always say, no, thanks. I don't, I don't want to do this, um, especially if they they typically say, I did this before. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so if they know what they're in for, they, they can absolutely say they don't want to do it. Um, so what we're now doing is introducing a just a button on on our, our executive page to say, click this to send an email to this person to say that you've named them or you want to name them as your executor. Here's an overview of what they're in for, uh, just to give them an opportunity to say yes or no. The other, you know, this kind of ties in a little bit to what you do with your will after you've written it as well, because your executor needs to know that they are the executive and they need to get that will. Um, so if the person doesn't know they're the executor, you die and nobody's even looking for the will and the executor has no idea. Um, so you've got to make sure the executor knows that they're the executor and also knows that there is a will and they know where that will is. So that's all part of that circle of, of process to make sure that things happen the way you want them to happen. You know, having the executor and, and so that's part of the preparation of getting the will. But what are some of the other factors that people don't uh, they overlook when they're they're starting to write the will? The other one, of course, is guardians for children. Uh, that's a, a part of the will. And you can name a guardian if something were to happen to both parents uh you can in your will say who you would like to raise your children uh without a, a will then it's going to be appointed by a judge in a courtroom has who has nothing to go on other than the people standing in front of that judge who say we want to do it and they might look at income statements or where they're living but not their true values or whether they align or get on with the children and things like that so you can in your will you can name a, a guardian guardian for your children. Um, you can also set up trusts for minor children so that they don't get half a million dollars when, when they turn 18 years old. It might not be an appropriate time for them to receive their windfall, and you might want to stagger that out a little bit. What could possibly go wrong to give an 18-year-old half a million dollars to have access to? What could possibly exactly. go wrong? <laughs> if you don't have a will, that's maybe exactly what's going to happen. 
um if you do have a will you can you can even say i'll give them a third at 21 a third at 25 and maybe the last bit when they turn 30 you can you can do that in your will so there's a lot that the will can do and if you don't have it you just you know you're, you're just like letting everybody uh you know find their own way and it, it's just not a plan so executor guardian anything else you would think that yeah uh... trusts and and also caring for a pet i mean it it's it for a lot of people that's a, a really important part of the process it's setting up a trust so somebody's uh, looking after their pets i, I always find that uh, you know, for for married people with children it's it's often very obvious what's going to happen to their estate it's like i'll leave it all to my spouse and if something happens to both of us it's going to go to our children uh but for people with not who don't have children or people who aren't married it's often a more convoluted estate distribution plan it's, it's not always obvious uh would it go to siblings and certainly if you die intestate and you don't if you're not married and you don't have children believe it or not it's your parents who will receive everything and if, if not your parents if they've predeceased you it's going to go to your siblings so well, maybe that's not what you want to happen either uh, so certainly if you don't have family, uh, having that plan in place. And the other thing that's in a will is the backup plan, not just what would you want to happen, but what would you want to happen if that person didn't survive you or if you were involved in an accident at the same time, or, you know, right. you've got to go through these scenarios. And I think that could be going back to the first question about the reluctance. People say, I don't even want to imagine. Now, what happens if my children were to die before me? Why would I need to, you know, you're asking me these really difficult questions in my will that I don't even want to contemplate. Uh, but you should have a plan just in case, however unlikely that is, that should be a plan in your will. Well, people are uncomfortable with it. And when you were talking about, well, you know, having the will, it could go to the siblings. I've got clients and, and, and people right now who are single, they've got assets, but they can't figure out what they're going to do. They can't think of an executor. They don't get along with their siblings. Um, I've got one individual. She can't figure out who who she's going to leave her estate to. Again, she doesn't want to think about it, but I try to um, impress upon her the importance of, you know, making sure that you have healthcare directors because she travels all around the world now. She's um, in retirement, but she still, you know, that I can get her started, you know, um, on the track of thinking about it. But for the will, if she was to die, what is she going to do with the estate? She can't think of anyone that she would want as the executor and who she would leave the estate to. So and leaving the estate to, that's an interesting one, because I always, I kind of have feeling that there couldn't be some organization that could benefit from the estate rather than trying to think of that individual or even distributed it across 25 different charities or something right like you can it, it would just make a massive difference to some organizations so you know some people obviously you know and my parents were you know charity starts at home right so right. you don't have to necessarily but if you really don't have an individual that you want to help then there are a lot of people a lot of charitable organizations who could really benefit yeah, maybe I should try that and bring that up to her. But there's got to be something because more than, you know, more than once where we'll have the conversation, I said, oh, by the way, you know, what are you, what, you know, what's going on on the, the estate planning side, the, the will planning. And, she, you know, it, it stumps her. She, 
She stops and she has, you know, we, you know, we had this conversation. I just don't know. I said, well, what about your siblings? You know, I thought about it, but I really don't get along with my sister and I don't want to, um, there's another, I've got my nieces, they're entitled. I don't want to, and, and she doesn't want to leave to them, but so maybe I'll try, you know, bring up, come in from the angle for the child because she has to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, she can, yeah, so, so she could absolutely uh, just spend all her money. <laughs> That's another strategy. Like, die broke. You can do that, but you can still have a will because, you know, you never know. Like, money can come in after you've died as well into the estate, as you mentioned. So, uh, you know, you, even if you plan on dying broke, you still need a will. So, we've established the need for a will. So, on the next episode of Executor Help, Tim Houston of Legal Will will share how anyone can have a will in less than 30 minutes. Is that even possible? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. To catch up with all the latest from me, go to davideady.com. There you can follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time.